0: You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania.
1: Hey, it's Grace. And hey,
0: it's Sarah. And today we're going to take a look at um, part two of the Tracy Crow case uh, that we heard uh, last week um, or last episode rather. Um, before I dive into this, I just want to put an announcement out there that this will be my last episode as part of Keystone Cold Cases. Um, I have loved the last two years. It's been a lot of fun diving into the research, but um, I have a couple other projects that are becoming very research heavy. Um, one of them being a novel that I'm working on for family. So I am just going to devote my research time to that just because I feel like it's, it's been a good two years and I know that I'm leaving with awesome people still here. So just. It's been fun. That's all I really have to say. So, um,
1: we'll miss you, uh, (laughs) but understand we understand. Yeah, of course. And you
0: know, you guys will never be able to talk to me ever again. You know, Grace and Chelsea. I know you're
1: cutting off all communication with everyone.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, as, as we have said before, you know, your husband's not at all like part of my life or anything. (laughs) We'll we'll never communicate again, Mm -mm. but we are going to, like I said, hop back into the case of Tracy Crow. So we talked about Tracy's case on the last episode, and we just kind of finished up right before theories. So as a quick reminder, Tracy's case comes to us from the 80s. So uh, she was out and about on Saturday, August 5th, 1989. She was going out right before entering her senior year of high school and unfortunately she did not come home that night. There were thoughts that maybe she was staying at her sister's house but they were kind of pretty much squelched immediately because her sister Wasn't there and, you know, would be able to say if Tracy was there. There was some eyewitness testimony that she maybe had made a phone call at that payphone in town, but of course there was no actual proof on that one way or another. There was also some speculative evidence that pointed to the idea that she was meeting up with someone by the river as well before she went missing. She was initially assumed a runaway but that was pretty quickly also squelched when they realized that it really didn't make sense for her to be a runaway. So the next day her car was found, but there was nothing else there, no identification, no belongings, none of that. So that's all 1989. And then a couple years go by, You know, we talked before they were trying different investigative techniques. A couple leads came forward, but they would check them out. There was never anything viable. And then we really didn't get a whole lot of information on the case again until November of 1993. And this is when the farmer who was walking his property about nine miles away saw something on the bank and walked over to it and realized that it was part of Tracy's driver's license and her nhs card both in there there was nothing else found they checked that whole area they checked areas that were downriver of that and they did not end up finding anything else so a lot of interesting ideas kind of came out of this thought of you know now four years later they're finding this out of the blue so what does that mean and people kind of ran with that with some different theories um ultimately it ended up that no theory anyone posited was checked out or it was checked out and didn't pan out they've done a couple different age progressions and those are all available online we're going to have them all on the blog as well and then we saw um a tip came in that someone had tried to abduct This person calling in with the tip from the Millersburg square. Um, and basically they just kind of took that information and added it to the file and said, we don't know if this is relevant, but thanks for letting us know kind of thing. Um, and then the kind of big thing that we left on at the end of part one was the police showing up to a property in 2015 to search it in relation to Tracy's case, Um, It was a property that had also been searched when she first went missing, and it's still a person that remains a suspect in many people's eyes, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him today. Um, Police did bring cadaver dogs there, but unfortunately, nothing was ever uncovered, or I guess fortunately, depending on how you look at it, but unfortunately, there were not answers discovered and this same property owner has been looked into because allegedly he did get drunk one night and reveal that he and a group of friends were in the square the evening that she went missing and they had planned together to assault and rape her and then let her go but that it went too far now of course he says you know this was admitted while drunk and it wasn't a true admission he was just making it up Because that's a really cool thing to joke about. People are so
1: messed up. Yeah, they did.
0: They did tap his phone line, found out that he did a lot of really stupid things, but none of them were, you know, proof that he had killed anybody. Um, And so that's kind of where we left it at the end of that episode. Um, And so now we're going to just kind of dive into some theories. So, like I mentioned earlier, there really has been a lot of speculation that has circulated regarding this case. It's a very well-known case, uh, well-publicized case. It's one that two years ago, when we were talking about starting the podcast, and I was talking to people I know, you know, it was like, oh, you have to cover Tracy Crow. You know, like everyone in this area knows this case. So there have always been just a myriad of situations that have been presented as different theories. And we're just going to take a look at some of the major ones. If you go online, there are a literal ton of them. So we're just going to kind of hit a couple of these. First theory here, there was a man who confessed to his involvement in the case. His name is Larry Stephen Ramp. He had been a serial killer and had served time for abducting two teenage girls at gunpoint. He also had prior history of assault and, quote, maliciously wounding, unquote, at least one young woman. I don't know how you not maliciously wound someone and it be considered a crime, but that was how it was specifically worded.
1: Maybe they meant Um, it was um, especially violent, maybe, but maybe I don't know.
0: That was just new wording for me, so I thought that was interesting.
1: He does admit that he
0: abducted Tracy, sexually assaulted her, killed her, and buried her body in the area of Roanoke, Virginia. He did have proof that he was employed in an area roughly two hours away from Millersburg, which would line up with the story that he told. He also claims to have kept her class ring, because remember, she was wearing that the day that she went missing and that he kept it as a souvenir.
1: Was that known by the public that she had that on her? I think so. Okay.
0: I believe so. Yes. Because it's on the like missing persons flyers. Okay. Okay. So yes. Yeah. So they looked into it and like, he's definitely shady. I mean, he is a convicted serial killer. So, or serial criminal. So, you know, there's, There's that Um, still not a good dude, but um, ultimately they didn't have any evidence to actually link him in. They searched his property and found no indications that Tracy had been there or that her ring was anywhere nearby. Typically, as we've talked about before, if killers are keeping trophies of something, they're keeping them somewhere that they'd be able to access them to see them. They may not be on display, but they're going to be in easy access, like in a container in a junk drawer or, you know, in their dresser or in a bedside cabinet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, And they, you know, police could not find anything. They did find out that he was not at work when Tracy went missing, which doesn't really look good for him but it also doesn't prove anything i'm sure there are plenty of times that i have not been at work when people have gone missing so you know it doesn't automatically mean that you're linked but after analyzing everything all the evidence they had against him police and the fbi both ruled him out as a possible suspect and moved on
1: and people often say i mean i guess when they're not so entrenched in true crime like we are but they're like how why would someone confess if they weren't actually involved but there's you know a couple different motives for people to confess to crimes they did not commit they could have been Coerced by the police and the type of interrogation. They could be trying yep. to lessen their time in prison from other crimes for giving information. They could just be crazy and want credit. There are people like that. Yeah. So there are a number of reasons why someone might falsely yeah. confess. Part of my, um,
0: master's program capstone that I did that was my forensic linguistics work was talking about just the basics of forensic linguistics being the law and language intermingling. And a big part of it is so much of the coercion that happens is even just the way that investigators ask questions. And those are things that like I've always paid attention to, because I've always ever, well, since going into college, I had to take classes in like discourse and how to question within a classroom and how to have conversation and, you know, open conversation and, you know, all the educational philosophy side of my brain. But we looked at like how the words that are used can influence responses, like, If I say to a student, you know, like, well, don't you think the theme is negative instead of positive? Like the kid's going to go, oh, yeah, it's a negative theme. Yeah. So you see a lot of that in law as well. And that's a a big contributor to why a lot of false confessions come out Um, because they take something like that and it gets twisted and they say, ah, but technically you said like you agreed with this statement, but it's a twisty, tricky yeah. So yeah. that's a a big part of it too. That was a long road to get there. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> we got there.
0: Goodness gracious. Um but anyway, so that was Larry Steven Ramp. Um I'll say his name again cuz he is a serial criminal. So, you know, still not a not a good dude. The next theory here is that she was sex trafficked. And unfortunately, this is still at least in my mind kind of the the reigning theory, pretty young female unfortunately it happens um so there was a tip reported to the national center for missing and exploited children that tracy and two other missing women were spotted in texas near austin allegedly a person named thomas stewart or Stewart. It wasn't clear if it was Stewart ending with a D or Stewart ending with a T. Was holding Tracy captive along with Beth Ann Miller and Tiffany Session, who were 24 and 25, respectively. You can do some digging into the cases of Beth Ann Miller and Tiffany Sessions. There's a lot of information out there on both of those cases as well to see how they kind of intersect here. Ultimately. I don't think this particular lead really pans out, so I didn't put too much detail about the other girls' cases in here, but they're definitely names that you can look up and get some more info. Now, the alleged captor, Thomas Stewart, Stewart, whatever his last name is, apparently had assistance from a man named either Raymond or Raymond and some unnamed woman. Allegedly, all six of these people were traveling in a white van with a Florida tag and a gray-blue color van with an unknown tag. Now, that all comes from the Trail Went Cold podcast from episode 89. I have it quoted from a book that I have linked in our sources. Um, but if you check out that episode, they do go into some depth about all three of those cases. But really, they're talking more about—and now I'm forgetting. It's one of the other girls that they're doing an in-depth case on. But they do touch on all three. So that— Could be another if you want to check out episode 89 of The Trail Went Cold. The tip was eventually just written off as a hoax. And so that particular set of six people is an unlikely situation. However, there still really is the possibility of sex trafficking. And it still is a a popular thought that that could be part of it, especially living right along the river. You're along fairly major routes and not far from even larger major routes i mean up in this area she would be a very quick drive like an hour at most to like the major interstates that run through pa right so you know it's it's definitely possible um
1: that makes sense to me as a theory obviously i mean it's way more common than we'd like to believe but The fact that this whole tip could be a hoax is just very frustrating because we just see that a lot. Fake tips, fake ransom
0: phone calls.
1: A lot of them are phone calls when people just want to take advantage of people that are already suffering.
0: I, I hate it. It's ridiculous. Okay, so... The third theory here is that it was a serial killer. This is a different person than the serial criminal that we talked about before. This theory specifically builds on an argument that was posited against convicted kidnapper and rapist Larry Dwayne Hall. He is currently serving a life sentence in North Carolina. And the theory that's really been built around him is just kind of formed on a couple different things. Mainly, he was a Civil War reenactor, and they think that he would have been in the area for Gettysburg reenactments. Now, Gettysburg does a lot of reenactments, especially through the summer, because the anniversary of the battle itself is July 1st to 3rd. So... You know, they do all sorts of different things beginning of July, um, really all summer. They, they have a lot of stuff going on there. Um, but really, especially around that, you know, early July part, um, so Larry Hall has confessed and been found guilty of multiple abductions and murders before, which is why he's serving a life sentence in North Carolina he has said before that he likes to drive around and search for a small town. He really liked woods. Um, He never would have a specific target in mind. But as soon as he saw whoever he ended up picking, like he would know that it was going to be her, which is just, Ew. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. It It really does kind of fit the storyline that's been created. For the day and location from where Tracy went missing and kind of the theories that have been thrown out there, Um, you know, his M.O. really does seem to fit that. He allegedly has stated before that if he were to have to get rid of a body, he would utilize water. Um, and this is where we can kind of connect back to that idea that she did live near the Susquehanna River. She was close to it when she was on the square, which is the last place she was seen. Um, and that her personal effects were found in another body of water, that creek along the farm. So, you know, the fact that he specifically has previously said water and we have two kind of different bodies of water potentially involved here could mean something. It could mean nothing because it's central Pennsylvania and she happened to live in a Valley water flows downward. There's going to be a lot of water near her. Like it doesn't necessarily mean he was involved, but his other victims also all share qualities with Tracy, like being young, pretty and alone at the moment that they went missing. But again, That describes a lot of teenage victims of any sort of
1: crime. That's very broad. Yes. Yeah. I'm also thinking too, and I should look up, I don't know how I haven't looked up the statistics on this, but when people are murdered and end up in water, or I guess even if they drown, isn't it pretty rare for them to not be found at all? I don't, I think it's- I don't know. It's more common that they will eventually float. Yeah. There's a possibility they'll get stuck, but I guess I'm talking specifically in a river where you have a current. So even if you're stuck to the bottom, I feel like it'll get you free eventually. And
0: the Susquehanna dams at multiple points, too. So it would, you know, if it didn't somehow pop up before then, it would appear in the dam.
1: Although speaking specifically of the Susquehanna, that's the river that Stephen White Knight from Bloomsburg supposedly went Mm -hmm. missing in. And it doesn't seem like there's really any other theories besides him going in the water. And that was seven, eight years ago and he's never been found. So I, I get that it's obviously possible, but I was, I think I heard somewhere that it's pretty rare for them to never be found.
0: I I would think so, Um, especially in something like the Susquehanna, like the ocean or a large lake or something like that. I could see. Um, But, yeah, I mean, not to say we joke about dead bodies, but, like, there is kind of this standing, like, understanding and knowledge living near the Susquehanna that, like, you're going to hear about at least three bodies each summer that get pulled out it's true minimum in the Harrisburg area yeah and that's just the Harrisburg area like you know and it's there's always always stories from rivers but yeah um if if her body had been put in the Susquehanna I feel like it would have come up right but I'm not an expert on rivers
1: well get it together
0: I know The other interesting thing with this theory is that it's just never been addressed by law enforcement. Like, Mm. I mean, it's not like he stood up like anybody else did and said like, oh, well, I definitely did this, but still like fitting the MO and just a general curiosity, I'm surprised there was never a public statement of, hey, we do know that XYZ person was committing these crimes at this time but we have no reason to believe it's related or anything like that right um so i thought that was interesting as well um the other piece of evidence that they do have is knowledge that larry duane hall had a vehicle that matched one that tracy's parents had described seeing around town that was unusual and suspect to them but that doesn't mean anything it could just be like a funky looking car that you worry about sure so that's really all they have on him now this next theory is one okay it's kind of like two theories in one it's i read it in one or two sources but i hear it from people All the time. okay. Like the same people who have said you need to cover Tracy's case have said like, well, don't you think it could be? And they tell me this story. I could not find any explanation for some parts of this. So I am going off of memory of what people have told me. So this may be slightly off, but that's why I'm giving this disclaimer now. So the story goes that she was dating someone at the time who was part of a prominent family who had a business that like dug out and installed swimming pools. So there are a lot of people that say, you know, like, oh, her boyfriend is involved and they buried her when they were digging a pool and just put her in the dirt and then put the pool liner, you know, whatever. The big issue with this and i know for a fact that multiple people have said to me that it was her boyfriend she wasn't dating anybody but there was a guy she had a crush on okay but she just had a crush on him like she wasn't she i as far as he he didn't even realize she had a crush on him like it was just a high school crush right. that she had so that this person who I'm not going to name was publicly named and bashed for years, and people Ugh. really thought he was involved. And the poor guy, he didn't even know she had a crush on him. And now he's being accused of her murder and burying her under pools that's
1: just because so it makes dangerous. for a good story. Yeah, that's so yeah. dangerous. People it's just so don't-
0: sensational
1: don't really realize how much they can damage a person yeah. by dragging them through the dirt like that. And I mean, just because yeah. he had opportunity and somewhere to hide her body, that's not the same as motive. Yeah. So. Right. And
0: the other thing that kind of came up through this just because they were like, oh, well, even if it wasn't him, maybe we should look at like large holes that were being dug that summer. And so they went through cause you have to have permits to do like to put in a pool and whatnot. So they went through and they did take um, GPR over the areas where pools were put in and they didn't see anything. Now I don't know how solid that ground penetrating radar is If it's even really going to see much farther beyond the concrete of a pool. I don't know that much about that technology, but it seemed to be enough that law enforcement was okay with the results saying that there were no human remains under any of the concrete there.
1: Do you know when they did that? Was it fairly recent or was it – I mean – That stuff hasn't been around for too, too long as far as, like, law enforcement is involved. But I wonder if it was in its infancy still or if it was very recent. Um, I
0: don't have a date written down, which makes me think that where I saw it may not have had a date specified. Gotcha. So I'm not 100% sure.
1: It seems like they were doing their due diligence, though. I mean, yeah. even if they didn't really suspect this guy, they went ahead and checked it out and it doesn't seem like it led anywhere. So right.
0: Yeah, I really think the rumor mill just took it and ran with it. I mean, investigators checked like properties owned by the siblings of this person, other family members, like like I said the pools, um and they found nothing. Like not even a shred of anything. So, I mean, personally, I don't think they're involved. If they are, they've done a really good job at clearing their names in my mind. So, you know, I really think that someone just wanted to sensationalize something. And that's really what this became.
1: I'd be willing to bet on that. Yeah. So the next
0: theory here is just that a local was involved. Um, There was a man from Liverpool who was a known criminal who they think may have been to blame. So. Like I said in the last episode, kind of describing where we are, Millersburg is in Dauphin County. It sits along the Susquehanna. It sits upriver from Halifax. And if you cross the Susquehanna where it meets the Juniata River, you're in Duncannon in Perry County, which we've talked about for a few different cases. That's where my family is from. So it's like right at the Dauphin County, Perry County border. Is right where Duncannon is. And then when you cross the river, like Perry County and Dolphin County just kind of stare at each other across the river.
1: Like me and Chelsea. Mm. Pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you go up to Millersburg, where that is in Dolphin County, is not exactly across from, but very close to the town of Liverpool. which is in Perry County. They're just across the river. Um, But it's not quite like your river where you can see that like it, the river is much wider at that point than it is, you know, between you and Chelsea. Um, Anyway, so that's where Liverpool is up in Perry County. So um, just like Millersburg and Halifax, Liverpool is a very small town. Uh, You can literally blink and miss it if you're not looking for a town. Um, my best friend lives in the Liverpool area and you have to make a certain turn in Liverpool to get back into the country, back where she lives. And when she first bought her house and moved up there, I missed the turn so many stinking times (laughs) because like it's woods, 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 the turn, three buildings, a gas station, and then woods again. Like,
1: wow. So middle of nowhere.
0: (laughs) It's not quite three buildings. It is like an actual town, but uh, that's my exaggeration of it. But got it. <laughs> regardless, it is a very small town. So there was a man who lived in Liverpool named Charles Bechtel, and he was charged with armed robbery at a truck stop in New Buffalo, which is between Liverpool and Millersburg on the Perry County side. So it's toward Duncannon from Liverpool. Just throwing lots of town names at you. You can tell him from the area because I know where this crap
1: is. Just don't make me draw a map for you at the end. It's fine. I'll fail. So
0: he was charged with armed robbery of a truck stop in New Buffalo. He also murdered an employee of an adult store, which this area has roughly 7 million of along the Dolphin County and Perry County sides of it.
1: Nobody has anything else to do.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much. Um, and that murder had occurred within the same month as this armed robbery. So, the theory for this is that he could have taken the ferry across the river from Ferryboat Campsite, which is just south of Liverpool. So, it's between New Buffalo and Liverpool. So, the thought is he goes to this campsite, they have a legit ferry that crosses back and forth between the river he would take it across the river to millersburg walk between the destinations and get you know from one side to the other in total that's a 16 minute trip one way which really could be plausible that he could get over there get her and whatever actions were done at whatever moment like whether it was kidnapping or or murder or whatever happened and then be right back across the river. So if they, you know, have a certain time of death, you can say, "Oh no, I was in a different county. I couldn't have gotten over there." Huh. So it's it's really plausible. Even if it wasn't him, um because I think that theory kind of grasps at straws with blaming it on him just cuz he lived there. Again, like just because a criminal is near you doesn't mean they're going to commit a crime against you.
1: Right. Like, sure
0: you know it's it's not everything about them because they committed a crime in this case i'm still not hanging out with this guy because he was killing people but sure yeah you know it doesn't automatically mean that he killed other missing people in the area
1: absolutely
0: um it really does put this idea out there though that it could have been anyone that could have gotten on the ferry gone over you know tried to to get away with it that way Um, But again, we don't have a body, and that's kind of what complicates things. And we don't have witnesses that see her on that ferry or anything. So,
1: Right. I'm guessing if they did something like that, it would not have been kidnapping. It would have been murder, and they disposed of the body and then left. Right, right. And then this
0: brings us to the last theory, which is kind of also the one that I – talked about um, before diving into any of the theories, which is this person who a lot of people really think that he is responsible, and this is the name that comes up most often. His name is Mark Warfel, uh, W-A-R-F-E-L. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but that's what I'm going with. Um, Mark was a mechanic who... Ivan, which if you remember is Tracy's father, had interacted with pretty regularly. Um, and anytime he would go to the garage, uh, Tracy could accompany him if she wanted to. So sometimes she would go with him and because of that, she had met Mark multiple times. I did find a WGAL article where reporter Ann Shannon transcribed a recording of a man named Mark Warfel to Tracy's sister, Kim. So Kim had gone to visit him and she has recordings of him, or she may have called him and it was a recorded line. And this is what I am quoting from the transcription that came from that WGAL article here. So this is all, you know, kind of his side of of things quote they put me in prison because i was connected with tracy crow unquote he does have a theory of who he believes killed her and he claims that the police just won't listen to him he does refer to this person as quote big goofus and has said quote as far as i know she was sitting up near the post office near the studio well now let's put it this way from what i figured out he talked her into taking her for a little ride with her car he was Driving because Ivan again Tracy's father said when the seat was back against about the big goofish she was with, so I put these things together. Unquote. I'm not really sure what that means, um, but that was literally the quote from the transcript. Hmm. Ivan said when the seat was back against about the big goofish she was with, so I put these things together. So he thinks that some quote unquote big goofish as a moniker that Ivan gave is responsible. Right. Is how I'm understanding that.
1: Yeah, um, that's how I take it as well. But it's convoluted, just confusing. Yeah. Um,
0: But the transcript does go on to say, quote, he choked her because she was so little. He very likely put her in one of them mine shafts up around Loyalton. Unquote. He claimed that this person kept close tracy's clothing as a trophy or a souvenir he actually did tell police where to find the clothing and when they followed his directions and dug they did in fact find her clothing oh okay yeah so the da has said that some of the statements on this tape this recording from tracy's sister kim are quote very significant As of this article and that article came from last September. So September of 2022.
1: Well, it sounds significant for sure. I wasn't expecting something to pan out. Yeah.
0: So with this one, I can kind of see it going either way, really just depending on how it's presented. Um, Ultimately, I have it here in its written form, which, of course, is not giving any sort of tone. And it really does seem fairly informative and innocent, minus the clothing thing. Like, that definitely seems kind of sketch, but I don't know. What Do you have any other thoughts on that um, recording from him?
1: Not really. Like you said, it is really hard to convey tone when you're just reading from a transcript. So, I mean, and you can infer a lot from tone too. So yeah, who knows? It's hard to tell. I'd love to get my hand on hands on that recording.
0: Yeah, for real. Now, there must be something more that we just don't have access to that police are holding on to because he was officially named a suspect in her case as of May of 2022, and he's currently being held on unrelated charges of burglary and harassment, and that's where the recorded conversation that I mentioned earlier came from. Um, It was a prison visit or a prison phone call.
1: So can I ask, I mean, maybe you don't even know, but why would her sister have been talking to him? Was she? Did she suspect him and she was trying to get some answers?
0: I think so. Okay. Yeah.
1: I just yeah. wasn't sure if maybe they were friends just because... Well,
0: his name comes up in connection so often. Okay. That I th- I I know that the article itself gives the context. Um, I am just not remembering it from when I read the article. Okay. Um, so... But I I do know that the context is in there as to why Kim was talking to him. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And like I said, official charges haven't been filed against him, but they're definitely watching him. His preliminary hearing for his other charges is scheduled for the end of February of this year, which I did check before recording. We're recording at the end of February, but I did not see anything as of today. Um, So I'll keep an eye on it and give you guys any updates that I'm able to see from it. But a lot of people on different forums have pointed out that Mark has had many suspicious actions and statements, especially lately, since he's been named a suspect. There are a lot of different stories out there of him telling people that he killed her and dumped her in a shaft below Love Rock in Lykens, which Likens is just another tiny town in Dauphin County. And Love Rock is just like a rock formation as part of a like trail area. Oh,
1: OK. Gotcha.
0: So they're saying that, like, he dumped her in some shaft in that area. Um, That's definitely like coal mine area.
1: I believe it. I feel like any sort of missing persons case that we cover anywhere in kind of the central PA area or anywhere near the coal country or coal counties, that's that's just a possibility that these people live with that. And it's so hard to search them all or search any of them at all sometimes.
0: I forget sometimes that Dauphin County and Schuylkill County touch because I put them in two separate categories in my brain Mm -hmm. of like Dauphin County to me is just Harrisburg. Right. Like that's all I think about. And I forget that there's so much country and a lot of minds as well. But then um, he does always, whenever it comes down to it, tries to, shift the blame later on when he gets confronted about things that he allegedly told other people. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that pans out. Um, as he gets older, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up kind of with a Joseph D'Angelo uh, Golden State Killer situation where like once he's caught he'll just yeah I did it That yeah, was me right and you know I'm I'm always hopeful for something like that in these kind of cases because I just I want answers I want the families to have that closure
1: sure so, um, or the deathbed confession that yes everyone is always hoping for I guess yeah yeah
0: so that is all I have on the case. Like I said, if you go online and check it out, you will find many, many more theories. Um, there are a ton that pop up on lots of pages and comments of Reddit and web sleuths and just random forums online. So, um, definitely check it out. That's all we have for this episode of the Keystone Cold Case never to reach out to family or friends of the victims only to law enforcement if you have any tips this episode was researched and hosted by me sarah find all of our sources social media connections and contact information at kccpod.com theme music and production assistance from darren makins join us again next week for another case to sleuth out